I was thinking about pain recently, physical pain, because I've had it. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people have had it. And there's different kinds of pain, you know, not only physical, but what I was thinking about is that it's, it seems it's designed in our carnal nature anyway to make us self-focused instead of other being other focused and um, and then what uh, more than a blessing more than a miracle more than any of those superlatives that even though Jesus felt the pain of rejection the pain of being half beaten to death crown of thorns on his head he did not call down angels to get him out of there because of his pain but he was so in tune with his father and his father's purpose um, that he died on the cross for us all in spite of the pain and suffering and um, if we can be of that mind of Christ and pain cause us to um, hold on to his hand more tightly that we can really be other orient, oriented in the midst of our pain and pray for others. I think that that's the purpose of our pain. Anyway, that's, that's just me. Uh, I did have a little scripture, and uh, this doesn't really have to do with that, but uh, Psalm 31, 7, or 31, 5. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. Amen. Let's gather.
appreciated Nathan's word last Saturday. Um, thought it was very timely. And uh, it goes along with some of the things that I've been thinking about. Um, I'll give you a little warning though. You know, when you, every time you buy a new product, the first few pages are full of warnings. Don't do this, don't do that. So this is a warning about me. Um, last time, no, it wasn't the last time anyway. Any, when brother, after Brother Russ Basilica passed away, I was uh, told, and I'm not sure if this was meant to be good or not, but that uh, I was the last word that he heard. So if, you, um, if you're tired and you might feel like you might fall asleep, deep sleep, I would suggest. Yes. I, yeah, I, I would do whatever it took. Even me sitting back down, if that's what it takes. Um, anyway, yeah, but that was funny. I wasn't sure how to think that. Um, you know, I do wish... Um, that the Spirit of God was a little bit more sensitive to, um, to let you get past something before, you know, kind of allowing you to talk about it. Or at least when you feel that that's what you should talk about and you are, you're not sure that you're, um, you have more than just an understanding of it, much less the, being able to walk through it, so. That's kind of where I'm at today. Um, but uh, if you would like to turn to um, Daniel 10, um, just a quick verse here. <clears throat> verse, verse 1, it says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel. I like that it uses the word thing out of every word that the Spirit could have chosen. It was a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the, appointed, what, but the, the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. So, you know, that's... <laughs> I think we're where we are. Something has been revealed unto us, but the appointed time is long. Now that could be the understatement of the ages. <laughs> that the appointed time, it sure is taking a lot longer than we would have liked to see. Um, but it doesn't mean that the thing is not true and that the thing wasn't revealed unto you and that it is going to happen. But the time appointed for it to come through sometimes doesn't seem like uh, it's going to happen in our lifetime. Uh, it seems like it's, it's a long ways off. And sometimes it even feels like, God, were you really, um, were you right about this one? Uh, because I don't, I don't see it. And if you go to, um, if you go to 1 John, just to balance that out a little bit. 1 John... <clears throat> Chapter 3, verse 2. 
It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Okay? Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You know, it, it does definitely, you can agree with that part. It doesn't yet appear what we shall be. Uh, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. You know, this whole thought that now are you the sons of God. It's, it's sometimes you're like, God, you have had to have made a mistake. <laughs> um, because it sure doesn't seem, it doesn't feel, it doesn't look like now we are the sons of God. But I, I do feel that the Spirit of God more and more is drawing us to believe these things as if they were true right now, or as if we could see them being true right now. It's not that they're not true. It's just that in our mind, in our perspective, in our limited understanding, um, we don't see the invisibility of God's work in our lives. And we trust and rely more on, on what we see, on what we feel, on what we think, that on the fact that God can see so far beyond anything that we're able to. And, uh, you know, I've been uh, astonished at how much God seems to almost pick the worst to put something good in it. Um, and, to, and to bring life out of that. And I don't know how he, he does that, but, you know, time and time and time again, um, it's proven that, that out of something that you think is dead, no life, no hope, nothing, God brings forth something in his time. He brings not something, he brings forth life out of that in his time. And so then this, the time of appointment that becomes so long becomes a thing that, you know, we, we have to hold on and grasp on and trust that God will fulfill his promise. That, that you know, he didn't make a mistake. Uh, it wasn't, he didn't choose you by error. Um, but that he had a specific plan in your life. And that it is now that he has set forth the calling to be the sons of God. Um, it doesn't have to appear like you are, like you're, you're going to be. And, and, you know, in, in a way that kind of that kind of gives you hope, because whatever we are now, we definitely don't want that later. Um, but but, you know, there is that hope that that in time he will bring forth the right kind of life. Um, and it does it, 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 it gives us something to move forward into something to trust something to hope, something to rely on that, you know, and then also not to be so discouraged about what we see with our eyes today because we don't understand and, and see the full picture of what he's doing. And I have been encouraged by those simple truths that, that just that um, that God, not to be discouraged by what, what God calls because you don't see the fruit, because you don't see what you think that you should see, you know. And um, time and time again, it's just, it really dem God demonstrates that he is really not looking at something good to make it better. 
He's not looking at the, you know, what's pretty or what looks well or all that. He, he just, he has a purpose in what he chooses and we don't see that. And, uh, and, and he doesn't have any trouble. Um, we've seen it in other places where he doesn't have any trouble bringing the life, turning the fruit out of that that he intended. And, you know, just kind of turn that towards you. <laughs> Apply it to where you are. That, uh, you know, the things that you think, man, this will never change. Uh, or how could I ever be this way? Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a thing to be condemned or labor under. Um, not that we shouldn't be, as Brother Bill said it many times, presenting ourselves and going before him. But at the same time, it's not a condemnation because God is seeing something in you, in that thing that is going to produce the right kind of fruit and the right kind of life that he purposed from way before you and I were ever aware that there was such a thing. Um, and, you know, I, I was thinking of a, um, uh, different people in, in the word, you know, um, where God just does moves in just the opposite way. And it was, you know, in, in Joshua um, chapter 3, verse 2, um, when God spoke to uh, Gideon. And, you know, he, he told Gideon, uh, where do I have it written down? It's in Joshua. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And we know the story behind that, right? Yeah. That, that he was actually hiding. He was hiding from the enemy. And, and, and felt that he was nobody. And they were kind of doing things in the dark. And felt like he was the smallest. The and most inconsequential. The most, you know, the, nobody. A nobody. And, and the Spirit of God comes to him and says... Thou mighty man of valor. It's kind of, I think it's the first or two words that he heard from the angel. And, and you know, he's probably like, what, you know, what am, who are we talking to here? And uh, God saw something in him that nobody knew. Nobody saw. No, nobody realized that that was in there, but the Spirit of God was able to see past all that. And knew the end, knew what he could do and what he could bring forth and knew that that was the right vessel. And, you know, that is why we should be encouraged. I say that carefully, but we should be encouraged because God saw something in you. He saw something in me to be able to say, thou man of valor, you will be my son. You, you know, you, now are you the sons of God? Yeah, don't worry about the fact that it doesn't appear. It doesn't look like that's what it is today. Uh, that it feels like you're the opposite. You know, in and, 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 uh, his time, it actually looked worse. The enemy was all over them. You know, they were in a basement, hiding in the dark, trying to provide for themselves. <clears throat> but God plays that calling, and he, he was not moved by the fact of how Gideon felt. And, uh, you know, how you feel is inconsequential to the calling that God has placed on your life.
how you look today is inconsequential to, to his call. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> um, I was thinking of Elijah, Elijah, um, when, when he, God told him that he had prepared a widow to sustain him. I was like, did you really <laughs> actually prepare a widow to sustain him? And, you know, a widow, why would you prepare you know, go to the rich. Go to someone that is able. But that, that, that's, not, that's not what God is. It's, it's not about what. Yes, God could have done that through them too. And it wasn't so much either about the widow woman, although I think she was met in that. It was just about the trust that Elijah had to have. Um, and believing and relying on the Word of God. Um, you know, and I, I bet he had questions when he got over there that, you know, he thought there might be a banquet waiting for him. <laughs> you know, someone was prepared. When someone is prepared, you know, they're at the door waiting for you. Come on in, you know, uh, wash your feet, wash your hands, take a shower, here's the sheets, clean towel. <laughs> we have... Chicken is in the oven. Um, <laughs> just the opposite of that. But, um, you know, trying to just drive this point <laughs> for hope for all of us that even though the time is long, that really doesn't mean anything in God's timeline. It doesn't mean that His work is is not going to be accomplished and is not being done. Is not being performed in your life. Um, and that's the hardest thing to do is today to hold on to hope, to hold on to trust, uh, to have a faithful view in the fact that an invisible God is able to see beyond the outward and really call what he saw or what he placed. Really, he's able to call what he placed in all of us. And he can bring that forth to manifest what he intended it from the very beginning. What he intended it from the very thought of, you know, bringing us into this creation. Um, as a little kid, we, uh, <clears throat> we had uh, tapes. You know, those. You, some of you may know what that is. There's a lot of you that don't. But my little brother and I had the tapes of different Bible stories um, that we would play and we had those memorized um, and, and we would also love to retell them which was quite humorous but um, the, the story of David and Goliath uh, and just uh, David was in one of those tapes and that was one of my favorite, favorite stories and I was actually looking it up in the Bible and it didn't really read like I remember it. <laughs> um, but the point was that um, that when Saul went to anoint David, I mean when Samuel went to anoint David, he also was thinking um, that God would call someone that was worthy of the calling. 
worthy of kingship. Um, and, you know, you'd think that Samuel had been a prophet for a while by then, and you'd think that he knew better. But if there's this thing in all of us, it doesn't matter how old we are or how long we've been around, there's this thing in us, the thing that experience means something, <laughs> and that, you know, this is how things are supposed to look when God speaks a certain way, right? In, I mean, that is probably the biggest danger we have is that we think that this is how it looks when God speaks. This is how it's supposed to happen. And, and you know, Samuel went over there um, thinking that he knew what should happen. And he saw the first son and he said, surely the Lord has anointed this guy. And this is the guy that God wants. And, uh, and he looked good. He looked good to him. And, you know, he was good looking. I guess that has something to do with it for some people. But um, it's a good thing that... That's not true for God. <laughs> um, some of us do have hope. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he thought, God, this is the guy, right? And, 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 you know, thank God for a sensitive ear to, to say, no, that's, that's not him. What? <laughs> not him? Okay, well, there are other boys, and they all seem to, in, in this Bible, in this tape, there were, you know, a lot of details about how they looked and what they did and all kinds of stuff. Um, and God said, no, not that one, not that one, not that one either. And he gets to the end of them, right? And he's like, um, do you have any other sons? Um, and um, isn't that like so much like what we hope for? Like we, you know, th th it's going to look like this. It's going to look like that. And again, God is not deterred. That's not, that's not what he's looking at. Uh, he is looking at something that can't be manifested necessarily outwardly. Um, he saw, he, he had put something in David that as we see through the years that it wasn't so beautiful and so perfect all the time. But there was a heart there that God had placed in David that he knew would follow him and would always want him. And Good looks and, you know, good character and all of those kinds of things don't really mean a whole lot or anything if that's not what God is calling. Um, thank God that He is able to look beyond all that and, and call the thing that is really real and that is really true. And that we don't, He doesn't go by our perspective and our view. But he goes by what he sees and he calls that forth. You know, and if, if, if you hear anything about what I say tonight, um, is that God has placed a seed, he's placed something in every one of our hearts. And he knows how to bring that thing forth. And he's, he promises that he is going to do it. And I think the, one of the reasons why he has so much confidence in it is because he's the one that placed it in there. You know, he's the one that causes the growth. And he has absolutely no doubt in what he has planted, what his seed that he has sown in you and in me. That seed will bring forth fruit because it's his seed. And... The fact that he's included us in that family 
that people that he's placed at should give us hope when we don't have any, <laughs> when we feel like it's hopeless, that um, that is is not is not gonna work. Um, <clears throat> I want to go to the. In Ezekiel, familiar verses, but it meant something to me. Chapter uh, 37. And I'll mostly relay the, this part of the story because we're familiar with it. But, you know, it's the verse where it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. Don't you feel like <laughs> that's uh, becoming more real than we like to? That your place, you're put in a place that is dry. It, I think it calls them out dry, dry bones. And you look around. And you, you know, this is not so much about you, although that can be, but you look in your own life and you see a lot of dryness, a lot of no life, a lot of no hope, um, a lot of discouragement. Um, you know, there's a lot of that. And, and the prophet was called and, you know, was told what... what what, what do you see? And he said, you know, I see a lot of very dry bones. Is, do you think these bones can live? And he said, well, you know. Good answer. You know, Lord. Because it certainly doesn't seem like they can, if you ask me, right? That's kind of what we think, Lord. There is no hope here. There are, there's only death. And look around you. That's what I see. And um, verse 4 says, Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And, you know, this is important to, to say to yourself. Hear me, dry bones. Hear me, death. Hear me, discouragement. Thus says the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. That's hopeful. <laughs> and I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And we know what happened. You know, all the bones started to come together. Um, and they all were there and put together, but then they needed life. And then... Um, in verse 10, it says, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Man, do you rehearse that line more than you should? <laughs> Does that ever come to you that... You know, it is lost and we're cut off and we're, we're separated. There is no life. We're dried. 
Verse 12, Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. God is causing our, you know, he, he's opening our graves. I mean, that is dreadful. But, but he's not afraid to say, yes, you are sick. You know, there is no hope in you as you are. As, as a natural carnal, carnal person, man, there is no hope. But God is not afraid to crack that open, crack that grave, and say, um, I see something else in there. Um, there is not, I mean, yes, it looks dead, but there's, there's more to that. Um, in verse, uh, verse 13, I think that I read it, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your grave, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves. He's bringing you up out of your graves. You know, that is hopeful. Right? I mean, the grave that you're in, the grave that you're dead, verse 14, I think, 37. Uh, the grave that, that you have made for yourself, that you have, like Nathan said, sometimes we cause these things, we make these things. God will cause you to come out of them. He causes you, okay? It's not your willingness or, you know, your, your strong will that is going to bring you out or your hope or, you know, he's, he, he, God, God is the thing that, that motivates us and brings us into what he has designed and intended from the very beginning. You know, he says that he will cause you. How do you cause someone to come out of their grave? You know, take that one for, for a bit. And verse 14, and shall put my spirit in you. Okay, this is what God is doing with us today, whether we see it or not. Okay, that's the hope that I want to bring to us. That he is putting his spirit in you and ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know, okay, that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. Past sense, right? Saith the Lord. God has already declared this. That's already, you know, you and I are waiting for the manifestation of that. But that's already a done deal. That he's, he's, he's already spoken it and he has performed it. That you will come out of your grave. That you will have life out of those dry bones. That they're not going to stay dead all the time. They're not going to be without life. But, and, you know, that, that, that word has already gone out and established it. And it's out there doing something in us when we don't see it. And that's why, you know, we encourage one another to not dwell in that place of darkness. Not dwell in that moment of discouragement. And we all have to go through that. And this is not a condemnation thing, but uh, have hope. <laughs> have trust that, that God said, you are my sons. It doesn't yet appear, but you are. You know, we used to sing that song, it's now the kingdom of God is now, yeah. right? You all sang it a lot, um, um, a long time ago. But you were still singing it song when I first came. I love that song. They had no idea what it meant. But it is now, it is now that the kingdom of God is being established. It's not a later time. 
it wasn't before. Uh, it's now for you that that kingdom is being established. Can't do yesterday, can't do tomorrow. But the beautiful thing about this is that he says that he has spoken it. And he has already determined that that's going to happen. And it takes a responsibility out of you and I trying to perform something. Because if we think we have it, something to do with this. <laughs> Besides the fact to offer ourselves. I mean, I do think there is a responsibility to still in your darkest moment to say, God, here I am. God, I don't see it, but I am right here before you today. However it is that you're going to work. I'm sure anxious to see that happen. There is that going before him and offering yourself. Um, you know, I love that verse in, in, in uh, Psalm where it says, From the ends of the earth will I cry. You know, it doesn't matter how deep, how far down you are, that there will still be a cry to say, God, oh God, you know, see my soul and deliver me. And, you know, it says that he has delivered us and yet will deliver. You know, God is not discouraged and he's not put off by time or by what we see. It says in Psalm 105, <clears throat> I think I'm headed for a close. I love this portion of verses because when you and I think that it's taking a long time and that it's going to take just as long to change it, right? Because we, we give periods of time to everything. Well, it took this long. Man, it's going to take forever to start fixing that. Um, Psalm 105, verse 17. And he, um, this is the story about Joseph. Um, or he's talking about that. It's not the story, but it's, it's recounting some of the events. And, you know, Joseph was another guy that thought, you know, that, that he, you know, God revealed something to him. And then he thought, well, you know, this is how this is going to be. Um, his family didn't quite agree with him. Uh, but he was right. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. And, you know, the, this thing going back to Daniel, the, the, the thing was revealed. You don't, I don't, the thing for me is different than the thing for you. Um, but, it's, but nonetheless, it's true. But not because we're going to make anything out of it. But because in time, God is going to make what he wants out of that thing <laughs> to come out of all of us. And it's his life being manifested in this earth through our bodies. And like in this earth, it's not for when we go to heaven. It's, it's right here, right now. His kingdom, kingdom being established. And, uh, <clears throat> verse 17, it says, uh, He sent the man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. Now that's the opposite of what he thought. Whose feet they heard with fetters. He was laid in iron. And then uh, this verse is right here. You can read them every day. Until the time that his word came. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. You know, when, when God actually, when, when God decides that it's enough, it's enough. 
It didn't take long. You know, uh, Joseph was still in prison. He was actually forgotten in prison. Nobody remembered him, much less the king. But that didn't bother God to say, okay, now, this is the time for his release. You and I don't know the appointed time of what God is doing and when he's going to say, okay, <laughs> you're free. But it, it, he doesn't forget you. He made him Lord of his house and ruler of all his substance. To bind his, prisons, his princes at his pleasure and to teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. Okay, I like that. He increased his people greatly and he made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to... Hey, anyway, um, my, my point, when God decided, you know, even their, his enemies weren't stronger than him anymore. All those that had subjected him to prison, that was his brothers, but you know, they were, uh, everything that had happened to him, all of a sudden he was greater than their enemies because the word of the Lord came and released them. The word of the Lord came. And you know, the one thing that we got to have is that trust that God has not forgotten us. It sure seems like the king did. The most important person of the time that could actually speak to him and release him and he did. He forgot him. But God doesn't forget you. He doesn't forget me. He knows where you are. And he knows that he placed something in you and that that is the thing that he's going to cause to grow. Uh, <clears throat> Just uh, in closing, in Hebrews eleven twenty-seven, it says, by faith, uh, this is Moses, by faith he forsook, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. And this is the line that, that touched me. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Endurance for the test that you're in only comes when you see the one who is invisible. When you trust in the God that you can't see, <laughs> that you... When you are able to rely on Him, He gives you the endurance for what you need today. That's where we get endurance. Not from outwardly, not from others, not from your encouragement, not from seeing little glimpses of hope, because those do come. But endurance comes when you trust God. When you trust the one that even though it doesn't seem like He's got it together, you know, like you're actually going to do something out of it. When you are able to put your trust and reliance on him, it does give you the strength to walk another day. To know that, that he is going to perform that which he said from the very beginning, which he set out to do. Amen. Someone this morning, what do you do when you're 
uh, in a place where you don't know how to get out. Um, you know, Verna just talked about this yesterday in her opening when she said, you get to the place where all that's left to do, all that you can possibly do is lay hold of the horns of the altar. Um, whether it's, you know, a relationship or a situation in your own mind where you're just in bondage when there's nothing left to do. You have no, sorry, excuse me. Um, anyway, there was a, I had a scripture in my head that I wanted to sing tonight, but it didn't really come together, but it's in Second Chronicles. Um, and it's when the children of Israel are going out and they're being led by Jehoshaphat and there's a huge army. And he says, um, for we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are on thee. And that was the line that I kept hearing tonight during worship was, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And when there's nothing left that we know how to do, all that we have the strength is to get there and lay hold of that altar. He's right there. And he has exactly the answer that we need. Lord, we thank you for this night, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit that leads us and guides us, Lord. Thank you. Lord, that you're with us, Father. We ask you to strengthen all the, those that are in need tonight, Lord, all those who are fighting different battles, Lord. We ask for your help and your strength, and we go in your name. Amen.